This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. I'm so excited today to have Zuby. He's an independent rapper, podcast host, author, public speaker, and creative entrepreneur with over 300,000 followers online. He was born in England, raised in Saudi Arabia, and is a graduate of Oxford University. He has sold over 25,000 albums independently, performed in eight countries, and achieved over 7 million online video views. He's been featured on the Joe Rogan Experience, BBC, Fox News, Sky News, The Adam Carolla Show, The Rubin Report, The Candace Owens Show, and The Ben Shapiro Show, amongst many others. Welcome, Zuby. It's so nice to have you here. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Awesome. Now, how's your 2020 been? You know, it's been a heck of a year for everyone. <laughs> oh, boy. Where do I even begin with 2020? <laughs> 2020 has been a, been quite the year, hasn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, it's been weird. It's like it's been terrible on some levels and really good on other levels. Um, I think it's been, I think it's been bad for everybody in certain ways. Like there's just been certain things that have affected entire countries or the entire world, which we can't sort of run and hide from, which were unexpected. Obviously we've had this whole pandemic and now the world is just in a very turbulent and bizarre place as we record this. So some of that is, uh, some of that is inescapable. Um, from a more personal perspective in terms of my own sort of like career and business and things like that, those have been progressing. Um, those same issues have postponed certain things and thrown a spanner in the works of certain things. Cause of course, being a musician and a speaker and someone who, who travels around a lot normally haven't been able to do any of that. So I've primarily been, been here, uh, in my, in my office, getting, getting other stuff done, getting some music done getting a lot of podcasts recorded, doing a lot of interviews, had some TV appearances, etc. But um, yes, it's uh, 2020 is definitely taking its sort of, at this stage, I think it's taking a psychological toll on quite a lot of people, even someone who's as calm and unneurotic and long-tempered as myself. You know, I, this is the longest I've been since I started going to the gym. This is the longest I've been without going to the gym um, in my life, <laughs> which is, <Yeah>. which is <laughs> like, they, there's, they don't even have a date yet for when they're going to mm -hmm. open here in the UK. So it's been like 11 weeks or something, which is wow. crazy. And it's very frustrating, you know, seeing, um, you know, you can gather for th in, in thousands for other things, but you, you know, we still can't go to the gym. So yeah, I'm just at that stage where I feel a little bit despondent with it. But despite that, I am overall optimistic and happy as always, just not quite as optimistic and quite as happy as I normally would be. And now, you know, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, 2020, uh, you know, for so many of us, you know, started off pretty well. And then, you know, the social distancing started and, you know, I'm in a city where, you know, they put restrictions down pretty quickly. I'm in the Washington DC suburbs. And so we're in week 13 and, and having children at home who are not accustomed to being, there's no other way to put it. I always say reframe it, but I, you know, they, they have expressed feeling concerned about, feeling cooped up. And, and after 12 weeks, we evolved into phase one, which meant people could get haircuts for many of us needed them really badly. <laughs> but I, I do feel like, you know, combining that with um, the civil unrest and, and the things that are going on with riding in the United States has added another layer. I think for those of us that are, you know, very um, empathetic, you know, our hearts are feeling very heavy for a lot mm -hmm. of the suffering that we see that's ongoing but I'm glad to know that you, you know, your mindset has allowed you to kind of, you know, shift to focus and say, okay, this is hopefully temporary and, and we will weather through it. And for those of us that are gym goers, uh, yes, we are, we are definitely feeling, you know, the, the home gym, <laughs> I, I always say like the home gym is good, but mm. being in the gym is better. Being outside the house, you know, feels better for those workouts. And we'll definitely talk about your, your guide um, later in the conversation. So Tell me a little bit about what's your morning routine like? I know given, you know, social distancing and the impact of COVID that has obviously been augmented, but mm. one of the questions I got more often uh, on social media, as people knew that I was going to be speaking with you is, you know, what does Zuby do in the morning? Like, what is your routine? <laughs> what is the, the thing that helps dial in your mindset so that you're ready to kind of jump into your day? 
Yeah. So firstly, I'll say that in the past couple months, it's, it's been pretty crap compared to how, (laughs) compared to how it normally is. Um, I'm still trying to retain some semblance of decency with it. Um, normally I, I wake up normally. The first thing I do is I pray. That's Mm -hmm. actually normally the very first thing I do. So I pray and then, um, yeah, I typically I would throw on my gym gear and go Mm -hmm. and hit the gym these days i still might i'll either go for a run or i'll do a body weight workout um sometimes i might do some work before i do it sometimes i'll I'll get like an hour of work done and then i'll take a break and i'll go and do my exercise and then come back and work Uh, i don't normally eat breakfast until maybe around midday Mm -hmm. around noon um i kind of do intermittent fasting most of the time so that's when i eat but um yeah i just try to get get a few things done and out of the way in the morning so that come noon i've already got a couple of things on my to-do list ticked off whether that's um something music related or business or podcasting or admin whatever the case may be um so that that's kind of how it is at the moment normally everything is shifted one or two hours earlier and I Mm -hmm. get to the gym and everything like that. But yeah, for the time being, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's not a shambles, but it's a, it's a bit slower and less regimented than usual. Yeah. Well, and it's that flexibility that we've had to allow ourselves in order to, you know, navigate this kind of concept of new normal. Now, were you in a position, you know, I don't know if you live with your family, but have you been able to see your family through the social distancing there in the UK, or have you been a little more isolated? No, I've been uh, totally isolated up until about two weeks ago where I did see um, I did see some of my family, not all of them, but I saw some of my family a couple weeks ago. But prior to that, yeah, I had like two months pretty much not seeing. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> two months not seeing not seeing my family. I'm the only one in my family who lives who lives by himself because, uh, you know, um, everyone else is married with children. So <laughs> I'm kind of just here just here chilling in my own zone. Um, so yeah, that, that's been, uh, you know, it's been pretty hard to deal with in a way. It's, um, it's one of those things I don't think on a day-to-day basis, I don't really feel like it's affecting me that much, mm-hmm. but I think that it's sort of, it's a bit, it's a bit like the gym thing on, on a basic mm-hmm. level. It doesn't feel like, oh, okay, this is affecting me that much, but I do find that I'm probably a bit more moody and a little bit less happy mm-hmm. overall than usual. It doesn't mean I'm moody and unhappy, but I'm normally particularly energetic and optimistic mm-hmm. and happy, et cetera. And, you know, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to maintain that as best as I can, but I feel like there's a little bit of a ceiling on it just because so much stuff has been disrupted for so long, you know, it was okay for a couple of weeks for a couple of weeks. I was okay, cool. I can handle this. This is fine. And then <laughs> it just kept going on and on. And I'm like, okay, you know, can I, can I get back to normal life? Can I, can I travel? Can I see my friends? Can I see my... I mean, at this stage, though, I've kind of like ended the lockdown for myself. It doesn't mean that everybody else has. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, OK, like it's uh, it's whatever. If people are doing all these things, I'm seeing all these violations happening anyway, which mm-hmm. the government seems to be approving of. So I'm not really too willing to listen to. <laughs> I'm skeptical of them anyway. But um, <laughs> even, even even more so now, I'm like, look, I don't I'm not going to listen to these random arbitrary rules after you've just had thousands of people out in London protesting yes. over the weekend you, you you can't now tell me that um you know i can't talk to my neighbor or or hug my parent or something that's just silly yeah and, and i know you know for you as well you your family plays prominently they've been a large influence on you and and helped you know develop you into the individual that you have become and so i'm curious you know when you look back on you know what were some of your bigger influences growing up that have you know, one of the things I value about you on social media is that you're not afraid to tackle tough top topics mm. and you're not afraid to agree to disagree and, and politely, you know, allow people to have that open discourse because I, I think we're entering a stage now where um, unless people are in an echo chamber, they really don't, aren't comfortable um, having those tough conversations or they feel so uncomfortable if someone disagrees with them. And, and you know, I was kind of raised, I was a poli-sci major first time around and we had very vibrant, energetic discussions in college about a variety mm-hmm. of topics. And I feel like somehow in the last 15, 10 or 15 years, uh, you know, a lot of social media, as one example, 
has become an echo chamber. And so again, I, I applaud, you know, what I see you facilitating on, on social media, opening up the discussion to say, Hey, let's agree to disagree or let's have a vibrant conversation. And so let's dive into, um, you know, kind of a bigger topic. And so, you know, what are your thoughts about how things are being managed about social distancing? You already alluded to it, social distancing, mm. we're being told we should continue social distancing. And then we're still seeing these very large groups of people that are demonstrating um, or, you know, large groups of people that are coming out to um, these big public events. Okay. Oh, what are my thoughts on it generally? Yes. Um, firstly, the the term social distancing I find very dystopian, and <laughs> creepy. Like, it's it's literally the opposite. It's like we're being told to do the opposite of what is healthy and normal and natural mm -hmm. for human beings, right? The whole idea of social distancing, especially from one's own friends and family, mm -hmm. is yeah. There's something very 1984ish about it that I don't mm -hmm. that I, I don't like. Um, in terms of its necessity, again, from from an earlier point earlier in the pandemic it's like okay fair enough i'm happy to make compromises people are generally happy to make certain compromises but like i like i've said i mean in the past couple of weeks that's that that's just it, it has to go out the window right mm -hmm. because it's almost like the rules are different for different people mm -hmm. and for different reasons so if you're telling me that it is okay and it is fine and it is safe and it is just to have 5,000 people out at a demonstration protest. It doesn't matter the reason, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, COVID has no politics. Like COVID, if this thing is, <laughs> if this thing is a virus, it doesn't, it doesn't care if you're out there mm -hmm. for, for church or for a protest or for a music concert, it doesn't care. So the idea that, okay, you can't have a gathering. Like if, I think in the UK, you're not supposed to have gatherings of more than, more than six people. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can have less than six or you can have more than a thousand, but like mm -hmm. nothing, nothing in the middle. So from my own personal perspective, I'm just at that level where it's like, okay, I've been skeptical about a lot of stuff for, <laughs> from mm -hmm. the beginning, but I'm like, look, I'm just going to use my own common sense. And if people want to, if someone wants to wear a mask in public, there aren't a lot of people, people don't really wear masks here. Um, if they want to, cool, fine. I don't wear a mask. Um, if people want to swerve me on the road or whatever, because they're afraid they might catch this, catch this bug that I don't have, then you know, whatever. The whole thing's just weird. I, what what I don't like about it is, you know, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now in terms of the social unrest, I do think that, I do think that the social distancing and the lockdowns very, very much exacerbated it. Yeah. Because it seemed like during the calculations of what should be done to handle this pandemic, on a lot of sides, I don't think, I don't think people really certainly the, the people making the decisions, I don't think they really considered all of the potential repercussions of lockdowns and social mm -hmm. distancing, et cetera, right? So they're just running calculations based on, okay, the doctors and virologists said that this is the potential number of people who could catch this virus and how many hospital beds we have, et cetera. It's like they did the calculations on those ends, many of which were not accurate, but mm -hmm. anyway, they, but they didn't do the other calculations. They didn't do the economic calculations, mm -hmm. definitely, right? They didn't think, okay, what if, how many people can we take being unemployed? And what are going to mm -hmm. be the long-term effects of that? If we print money, what are going to be the, we have to pay that back. What's going to happen with inflation? What's going to happen with uh, all these different types of debt, et cetera. But primarily, I think from a psychological perspective, from the, from the angle that you can't, you can't really measure, mm -hmm. right? Just what is the effect of having millions of people essentially pent up in their houses for months mm -hmm. on end not going to work not seeing their friends not seeing their family not seeing their loved ones not being able to do anything fun besides look at look at a screen perhaps yeah. and uh, do some home workouts you know even not being able to go to the gym i mean i'm coming i'm going to come out of this thing less healthy than i went in both mentally mm -hmm. and physically so sure it's like you've done this for my for my health and for public health in general but we still don't even know what the real long-term impacts of all of this are going to be. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, obviously there was this horrible incident that sparked all of this unrest that's going on now, but. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered 
armor colostrum. And the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced. And it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Consuming Element on a daily basis is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health. And we know that by consuming proper amounts of electrolytes, it can contribute to quality sleep, which is critical to all of my perimenopause and menopausal patients and clients. We know that magnesium increases a neurotransmitter called GABA that is known for producing calming effects. And consuming adequate levels of sodium can help you sleep through the night because low sodium levels increase cortisol and adrenaline. Additionally, if you are intermittent fasting, it's important to understand that when you fast, two things can dehydrate you. Number one, if your insulin levels remain low, it can signal to our kidneys to excrete more sodium or salt, a process called naturesis. And as glycogen or stored glucose is broken down, the water left over from the glycogen breakdown is urinated out. So if you want to take care of your health in one of my favorite ways, you can consume Element electrolytes. My favorite flavors are grapefruit and citrus, but there are many others to choose from. And if you go to drinkelement.com slash Cynthia, you can get a free sample pack to try them out on your own. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash Cynthia for your free sample pack where you can try all of their flavors. I think had people not been cooped up for so long with all that pent up frustration and anger and just, you know, sort of lack of human normal contact, I I think that I don't think it would have been as bad. I don't think people would have been as because right now it just seems like emotion is just spraying out. It's everywhere. Like, Like just. Yeah, it's, you know, there, there's some that is, you know, it's targeted and it's clear and it's like, okay, we're going to protest mm-hmm. this or we're going to do that. But whether you're talking about, you know, there's just wanton destruction or even the people who aren't going out and doing anything from people I'm talking to, you know, family members, friends, et cetera, you know, people I am speaking to, everyone's just on edge. Everyone's more emotional than usual. Everyone's just a bit more angry and irrational and upset over everything that's that's what i'm noticing um and i notice it in myself to a little degree i'm noticing myself like getting a bit more just angsty um so yeah i think that those calculations and considerations were not really made i think certain people try to bring them to light but it just became you know stay home or you want to kill my grandma sort of thing and and then to do all that for such a long time like i said and then Mm -hmm. suddenly (laughs) allow mass demonstrations that is very much even for the people who were uh totally on board with it you know Mm -hmm. it's like okay at that stage i can no longer take you know two weeks ago you're telling me i can't do this and i can't do that and we can't do this and we can't do that and we're going to kill people and now all of a sudden the exact same people in many cases are endorsing this so at that point i put my hands up in the air and i'm like you know what like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do what i do and 
open up the gyms like maybe i'll go pick at the gym or something but um <laughs> i think but, it's really challenging and i think you bring up a great point you know the the mental health impact of being socially distanced for such a long period of time and and i have a 12 year old and a 14 year old and so they their last day of school was march 11th wow. their end of school was yesterday technically mm -hmm. and you have this whole generation of children that aren't exposed to their peers and there's this asynchronous learning that's going on. And, and I, and it, I'm not exhibiting, I'm not noticing this in my own children, but I have peers and friends who are talking about how their children are depressed and despondent. And I have yeah. family members that have mentioned, you know, friends of theirs who live alone that are elderly, that are feeling very isolated. And, and so I agree with you that, you know, it, it was, it, I'm sure initially decided upon um, a lot of those restrictions were, were made uh, with concern for safety, but have mm -hmm. evolved into a situation where, uh, you know, people are, are frustrated and upset and depressed. And yeah. uh, on top of that, we have, you know, the social unrest that's ongoing right now. And that's almost like an accelerant on top of, as you mentioned, already in a vulnerable population yeah, yeah. Emotion emotionally, given the social distancing piece uh, and the pandemic on top of it and all the economic ramifications. But I'm curious, you know, when, when you're looking and, and talking to people, and obviously I've, I've noticed, and for anyone that's listening, Zuby is everywhere. Uh, you know, when I say this, you, you know, you turn on a TV or you're on social media, so Zuby is everywhere. But, but I find it interesting that, you know, you have really become this kind of Renaissance individual that you are so good in so many different spheres of influence. And so where do you think that stems from? You know, we were, we were kind of starting to talk about it and then I pivoted, but, you know, I know your family of a, a very close knit family and, and lots of support there, but where do you think that curiosity about the world really stems from, you know, that desire to mm. kind of interact with others, ask, ask the hard questions and questions sometimes that, you know, inspire people to, to feel passionately or one, yeah. one way or another about a, a topic that you're discussing. Yeah, it's a good question. I think I think a lot of it is my own personality. I've got a very unique personality and you know, which is extreme in some regards, not extreme mm -hmm. in like a scary way, but if I do a personality test, I'm super duper high and mm -hmm. super duper low in certain things. I'm only like in the middle on a few, so I'm like extremely high in assertiveness mm -hmm. and uh intellectual curiosity and mm -hmm. openness and industriousness but then i'm like super duper low in neuroticism so sens mm -hmm. sensitivity to negative emotion etc so it it those that sort of rare combination of traits mm -hmm. you know i think it's this it's the same thing that makes me an artist right the, mm -hmm. the same reason i'm a musician and i'm an entrepreneur and i'm just creative and hardworking. a lot of that just stems i think naturally from my personality but in terms of the stuff that i can be more aware of a lot of it is um, just being, I like to understand the world, or at least mm -hmm. try to understand the world. And there's nothing more interesting in the world than people. Mm -hmm. So I'm super curious as to how do I work, right? How does my mind work? How does my body work? Why do I do the things I do, think the things I think? Why are those so different to some other people? How can mm -hmm. I see the world one way and I'm talking to someone else and their whole perspective is is just really different and I'm you know they don't understand me I don't understand them um why do you know and, and this can be along any lines right you know why do I, I'm 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 a Christian I believe in God you know mm -hmm. but I'm curious as to why would someone not believe in God or why would someone believe in a different religion why do some people feel this way on politics why are mm -hmm. some people that way right um why are some people so yeah just just with just with everything um i'm just intellectually curious and it's very much a gift and a curse right <laughs> like, you know sometimes i want to be like you know what just forget this i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not interested i'm just going to mind my business and do my thing and, ha and not worry about this but then at the same time i'm constantly analyzing it's like mm -hmm. and i think in 2020 th this whole this year has been like an accelerated psychological experience experiment yes. Right. We have really seen the madness of crowds this year. Right. So people's response to the coronavirus, whether rational or totally irrational, we've seen how quickly I mean, something as an outsider, for example, mm -hmm. uh, to the USA has been interesting because this is something I've thought for a while, because um, I do often say that I believe that people actually value 
safety and security more than they value freedom and liberty, regardless mm-hmm. of what they say. Right? If you talk to most Americans, they'll say freedom and liberty, freedom and liberty. But we've seen how quickly many right. people will <laughs> will put those to the side mm-hmm. um, with in, in the face of a potential threat mm-hmm. and suddenly are willing to listen totally to their mayors or their governors or whoever, a doctor mm-hmm. who just goes on TV and says, you must do this. You know, on, in the UK, they're literally telling you how far apart from each other you're allowed to stand, mm-hmm. how many people you may stand with, et cetera. And people are like, okay, I'll, oh no, oh no, we've, we can't have seven people. We can have six. And hey, you're more than two meters away from me. And I'm just like, wow, like people really quickly. <laughs> people re- out of fear. Do you feel that do, that is yes. driving so much of it that people oh, are looking for leadership in a world yeah. right now that is so turned upside down? Mm. I think fear is the most powerful emotion. I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's close, actually. Mm-hmm. I would love to say that it's love, but I really think it's fear. Mm-hmm. I think the most things people do are fear driven. And I mean, we know that even if, um, you know, you're an entrepreneur yourself, I mean, I don't think either of us really sort of prey on this, but we both probably know that fear like fear marketing mm-hmm. actually sells better than marketing the the benefits right look at the news why people yeah. are always like, oh why isn't there more positive news i'd like to see if more. people have tried making positive news and people don't click sell. on it people don't watch it right people don't people don't buy it everyone wants the sensational story whether it's mm-hmm. some political scandal or this pandemic i mean we've really seen the media milking mm-hmm. you know th- this is how many people caught it today this is how many people died today yeah. like they they started getting really really i was like i think you guys are enjoying this a bit too much you know like right, this, run, right. this whole running death count and like comparing it between different countries and stuff like this is not a this is not an olympics competition mm-hmm. you know you're not in normal times, you're not telling me how many people died of car accidents or heart disease, et cetera. So why are you now telling me multiple times a day about this? And that makes people more paranoid. We saw the whole, remember the whole toilet paper thing? Oh, when, it's crazy. <laughs> when, it's crazy. When people just started stockpiling and, yeah. you know, we're just seeing all of that. You know, I, I saw, you know, lines just down the street, people just... Mm-hmm. And, and so there was all that. And now we're seeing it in a different sense. It's like the COVID thing just magically ended. And now you're just seeing another type of madness of crowds where people mm-hmm. are, something happened in, you know, RIP George Floyd, but something happened in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And now people are fighting the police in London. Yeah. Right? Like stuff is happening in, in Berlin, in Paris, mm-hmm. etc. Right? Not even, it, it, it doesn't even, from, from a rational perspective, Right. that doesn't make sense yeah. you know and it's just like that spark there and it just ripples and you got these dominoes and man and i can't help but notice this all started after kobe bryant died so i think we need to resurrect kobe bryant i think he was the balancing force of the world mm-hmm. and um if we can bring back kobe then everything will be okay this is my theory <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure by now you've heard me or others talk about the benefits of using cbd oil and i'm telling you that it works Direct CBD Online provides natural alternatives to prescription painkillers and medications. They sell only the highest quality CBD oils, edibles, creams, and more to help you on your search for natural well-being. And they strive to assist you in making informed decisions about your health and the products and supplements you use. If you've been thinking about trying out CBD, I highly encourage you to use Direct CBD Online. Click the link in the description to get started today. Fascinating perspective about Kobe Bryant, who was the first domino. Yes, uh, the one that kind of laid the groundwork for all that happening. Now, one of the questions that I got, I I know that you were in the United States, you know, last year, and I'm bummed that you were, you and I were both in New York at the same time. But my, I was at my for my high school reunion and was able to meet Primal Man, and then had to divert to take a train to New Jersey. A lot of people were curious. Of all the places you visited in the United States, was there one in particular that was the most special? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, much like any time I travel to another country, there are always places I kind of feel like I resonate more with or I enjoyed the food or the people. Mm. But was there one place that felt a little bit more authentic or did you feel more connected? Texas. Texas. Really? Yeah. (laughs) You love Texas. Yeah, I like Texas. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I could live here. Um, now, were you in Dallas or are you in Austin? Austin, Dallas, and Fort Worth. Okay. I love so Austin. I did, a, I did a week in Austin and then five days in Dallas and three days in Fort Worth. And so, what was it about 
Texas in particular was it mm. the people, the food. I mean, there's Austin's an amazing city for the yeah. foodie culture. Yeah. Firstly, it reminded me of where I grew up. It reminded mm -hmm. me of Saudi Arabia, um, both in terms of the, the climate yes. and <laughs> the, even the way the place looks. I think mm -hmm. some parts of Saudi, certainly the uh, compounds and stuff, they, I think they modeled them. I, I noticed both in LA and in Texas, there was a lot of stuff that reminded me of mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. So I think they, they took some of their design schemes maybe from there. Um, the people as well, just met, met a lot of, met a lot of great people there. Um, th there was just something, I don't know, you know, when you, when you just vibe with a place mm -hmm. and it feels like, okay, there's something. So when I was in, um, you know, I went to LA, I started my trip in LA. I went to San Francisco. I liked LA. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't feel like this is somewhere I could live. Right. Right. I thought like, this is a cool place to visit. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's really interesting, et cetera. But the vibe is not on my wavelength. Um, San Francisco, I didn't really love it there. Um, I preferred LA, but San Francisco, like definitely not my vibe. Like mm -hmm. couldn't live there. No way. Um, I got to Texas and I was like, okay, some, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool. And, um, maybe, maybe I had a fondness for it as well because I grew up with, um, you know, I, I grew up and there were quite a lot of people from Texas who lived where I, where I lived in Saudi Arabia. And I, I have like a sort of positive mental connection mm -hmm. with Texans in general. So maybe I have like this sort of like positive prejudice or bias or something towards, towards Texas and Texans. But um, yeah, I just, I enjoyed my time there. I, I liked all three cities. Um, I do like the fact that it's hot. I know people complain, I know people complain about the heat. Um, it's real but, hot. Yeah, it is really the hot. summer. Yeah, yeah. But I quite, I quite liked it just because it reminded me, like I said, of, of where I grew up. I did like, um, I did also really like Atlanta and I did mm -hmm. also really like uh, Nashville as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah. And then, you know, where else did I go? New York is cool, but again, I wouldn't live there. Wouldn't live in New York City. DC, again, cool, happy to visit, but I wouldn't see myself living there. So yeah, if I, if I, if I make a move to the US, it's probably going to be somewhere in middle America or the South, most likely. Do you hear that, people? That's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure people will be delighted to know that. And yeah. when you were in DC, you actually got to meet Trump. How did that actually come about? Okay, I didn't actually get to meet Trump. Um, I, oh, I, I, you met I went, Trump. no, I went, I went to the white house twice, okay. um, but I, I, I didn't actually get a chance to meet him. Um, so how did that happen? So I was in Nashville mm -hmm. and I, I just went on Twitter and I wrote something about, Hey, I'm going to be in Washington DC next week. Can anyone get me into the white house? Um, I was not aware that people who work in the white house actually follow me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> so. I learned I had I had friends and followers in, in higher places than I than mm -hmm. I knew at the time, um, and then it also turned out that my friend whose place I was staying at in Nashville also knows the Trumps. Um, I didn't know that either, and so he he like I could have just spoken to him, but he saw it and he was like, "Oh hey, like I've just um I've just messaged I've just like messaged some people at the White House to see if like we can cool. we can get you in and stuff." So that happened. So I actually got two invitations. <laughs> So I got an invitation that he sort of arranged for me. And then I got the other one that just came from, came from my public post. So I actually went there, um, on the Thursday, Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. And then I, I went again on Friday morning. So Thursday I got to see, I got a tour of the, the West wing, um, primarily. And then on the Friday morning, I got to see like the, the Eisenhower building. And, um, I got a second, I, I got to see more of the mm -hmm. whole thing. I got to go into the, um, you know, I got to check out the, the press office and, Got to hang out in um I you know I saw the Oval Office I I got some got some cool photos in Mike Pence's office and um, <laughs> so it it was uh it was trippy it was cool and uh, a couple of days before that I was invited to the Pentagon as well which oh, was neat. also really cool so it was just a big honor to you know be in D.C. for the very first time just for mm -hmm. a week and as a as an outsider as a foreigner and you know get a chance to do some cool things that even most most Americans don't actually get a chance to do so. You know, it was it was humbling. It was an honor, and um, it was just cool. It was just cool. It's like, hey, I've seen yeah. this in the movie. I've seen this in the movies. Like, I'm I'm actually in the Pentagon. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the Pentagon is huge. It's interesting. My yeah. dad worked for the Department of Defense for years and and retired, you know, many years ago. 
Uh, and I remember as a child visiting it and people just have no real sense of how massive the yeah. Pentagon is. It is massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Um, yeah so one of the more interesting questions I got this morning was, and you'll be humored to get this question. <laughs> when you beat the transgender weightlifting record, how did it change your life? I just thought that was such a curious question. I was like, I actually wow. have to ask that one because I'm completely... And I'm sure that that opened up the, you know, kind of the Pandora's box slash, you know, <laughs> the interest in the media just out of curiosity, because again, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning, you have this innately curious nature and, you know, you're, and that obviously was, was something that, that you are now well known for. It was multiple people had asked that question. So out of okay. respect for them, I wanted to make sure I addressed it. <laughs> How did it change my life? Well, very significantly, um, a good proportion of people who are, who are listening to this probably would not be aware of me had it not been for that catalyst, because that was really like, a that was a, that was a, a spark that sort of lit, lit the flames of the fuel that I had been stockpiling for many, many years mm -hmm. with my music and my work and everything else that I do. And um, that led to a lot of people initially discovering me, but then a lot of people stuck around because they realized that there was more to me than uh, this uh, mm -hmm. this single nine second video. People were like, oh, okay, oh, I actually like this guy's music. Oh, you, he's mm -hmm. got a podcast. Oh, he's got some, he's funny. He's got interesting thoughts. He's intelligent, mm -hmm. et cetera. So it, um, so yeah, it's, um. I think that tweet was quite a good metaphor for a lot of my career in a way, because one of my friends made a really good, made a really good point. You know, um, you know, my friend, you know, Jose Rosado, of course. Mm -hmm. um, he actually made a really good point on that. He was like, you know, he was like, it took you more than 10 years to make that video. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, because he's saying, you know, people are saying, oh, anyone could have done that. But most people can't even lift that weight. Right. So the metaphor of all of the training that you've actually put in to even mm -hmm. make that nine second video possible, that's actually a great metaphor for your career because you, you mm -hmm. have been putting in all this work and it's been behind the scenes and not everyone has seen it or appreciated it. But then this pulls away the curtain and people then see like, oh, wow, this is a mm -hmm. this is an interesting guy. I want to I want to speak to him like let's uh, you know, let, let's get some stuff going here. So it changed my life in a in a very very positive way just in terms of induce introducing me to quite realistically millions yeah. <laughs> millions of new people obviously not all of which have become fans or followers or whatever but a percentage of that have vibed with me and and stuck around and supported me ever since then whether that's through my directly with my music or my podcasts or my book um even live events etc um, you know, get, getting the chance to go on Joe Rogan and mm -hmm. go on uh, Ben Shapiro and uh, all of these different shows I've done. I've now been on Fox News a few times, Sky mm -hmm. News, etc. A lot of that is unlikely to have happened, at least at this stage, had it not been for that initial door being blown open with C4. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting, though? Like, people don't realize as entrepreneurs that we've been working steadily for years and then all of a mm. sudden something you know, exceptional will happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's an overnight success. It just happened overnight. And it's like, no, 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 we've been, we've been doing all this, making all this effort for years and years and years. And then it just all kind of came together at the same time. Yeah. And I'm happy it happened when it did, because had I had that sort of opportunity, perhaps a few years earlier, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been ready or able to capitalize on it in the mm -hmm. way that I did. Right. I think I would have been sort of blindsided by it and it probably would have fizzled out without me really being able to make anything of it of it. But in this case, it was like, OK, I didn't see this coming, but I'm ready. It's interesting how those opportunities arise. You know, things happen unexpectedly that are just such incredible blessings to kind of fuel mm -hmm. things forward. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? I've just finished a couple of books, actually. So the only book I'm reading right now is The Art of Thinking Clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but I have just finished, I'm looking at my shelf, I've just finished um, Target Africa, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I've also just finished, um, I finished Clockwork Orange a couple, about three week, two or three weeks ago. And there's another book I recently finished. Um, I'm trying to remember. I read a lot of books. I normally read three books at once, 
Same way. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I normally have one going on audiobook, uh, one or two on physical, and then one on digital. So it's normally a few at once. Um, but I've been sent a bunch of books as well. I have I have a whole bunch of books here that I've been sent from even half of them are from people who are on my social media and stuff. People just always want to send me books. So I've got about 15 unread books from, <laughs> from my followers that I do need to do need to read. Um, yeah. So th- those, those are the most recent ones and I'm still, uh, yeah, those are the most recent ones. And how do you think, you know, pivoting again, how do you think in this day and age, you know, given all the social conditioning, giving social media, you know, the platforms that we're on, you know, how can we think freely? You know, mm. I, I think that that's something that I, I think about for my children, you know, given the fact that, you know, they're growing up very differently than I did. Um, yeah. But, you know, even more so as us as adults, you know, we're evolved, we're a little older, but how can we think freely when we are just inundated? You know, you think about what went on um, on Facebook with, you know, the last election, you know, given the fact that there was perfectly bots that were coming through and, a lot of information that was incorrect, you know, how can we think Mm. freely? What are some of the things that you do to, um, you know, kind of force yourself or allow yourself to think more objectively? Yeah. Well, I don't have a TV and I haven't for 12 years, which probably helps. Um, cause I do think a TV is, you know, people don't like me to say this, but I do think the TV is a a brainwash, brainwash box. Mm -hmm. Um, of course you can, when I, when I say TV, I'm talking about TV programming, right? Programming, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you are programmed through the channels. Like, that's literally, it tells you on the tin. So, yeah, sure, this is not saying all TV is bad or, you know, you can't watch little bits or you're going to turn into a mindless puppet. I'm not saying that. But whether you're watching entertainment or you're watching the news, especially if, you know, people who watch, you, you can tell people who watch the news all the time. <laughs> like, like I can tell because they're they're more anxious and paranoid, yeah. and they they believe certain narratives which might not really be true. And I can even tell which which news channels they watch. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you've been you've been watching a lot of Fox. Okay, you you're you're a, you're a, you're, a, you're a CNN and MSNBC guy. Like I can yeah. tell. Um, and this is probably even worse in in the U.S. But yeah, I think with with everything, you know, it's long term conditioning and programming. So I recommend not obsessing over that too much or spending too much time just consuming and consuming and consuming mainstream content. Um, I think that's a part of it. I think the key part, though, is to, one, avoid echo chambers. Mm-hmm. And to to think freely, you have to be able to talk freely. This is why I personally get very concerned when people try to stifle each other's speech or each other's ability to speak, right? Because we need to be able to talk. If you, if you can't speak freely, you, you can't think freely because mm-hmm. you can only do so much thinking without talking, right? So I can sit there in my room and I can come up with ideas and theories and ponder things and ask questions. But when I sit down and I talk, talk with you right now, you're listening to me. I'm listening to you. We're both learning. There's an interaction that's taking place. There's some kind of synergy here where we both leave. And it's like, hmm. Okay, that was that was interesting. There was something gained there. You know, I might have a an idea or a theory which I've been I've been explaining some of my ideas to you that I've just kind of been thinking about over the past mm-hmm. few days or past few weeks. You might have another idea and then through that constant thing, that's what's happening. Um at some point we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. 
product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code E. WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. You know, it's why I encourage people not to, yeah, yeah, like I said, fall into these ideological echo chambers where it's like, okay, I'm talking to everybody who just agrees with me. And Something I notice quite a lot when I talk to certain people, and it can happen even with people I'm I'm close to, is that sometimes it can cause a bit of conflict. Like their minds are so blown by some of my perspectives Mm -hmm. because they just haven't even encountered the out the another perspective. Like they've Mm -hmm. just assumed that, okay, everybody thinks this one way or everybody I know thinks this way. And then it's like, no, actually, if you speak to some other people, you might find that their experience and their perspective or their interpretation is not the same thing. You know, two people can read the same book or have access to the exact same information, but they come to pretty different conclusions for for different reasons. A lot of times people think that the only reason somebody does or may disagree with them is because they're evil or they lack the information, Mm -hmm. right? So they always say, you know, educate yourself, read this book, read that. Sometimes I get people telling me like, you need to read this book. I'm like, I've read it. You know, right? And I'm like, no, I've I've read it. I've just come to a different perspective and conclusion. We can have that Mm -hmm. conversation and I understand them. They understand me. I think a good way to know if if you're if you're someone who does this is can you debate the other side? Right? Can Mm -hmm. you can you can you explain, can you articulate the other position? Right? Could I take a stance that I don't even personally hold? and explain and give a good argument for that position, whether or not Mm -hmm. I agree with it. And I think with most things that I feel fairly strongly about, I'm fairly confident I can do that. In fact, I can often do it much better than the person who's arguing with me. So they'll be making their points and I'm like, I could make a better argument against my own argument than Mm -hmm. you can, right? And that's oftentimes just because they haven't bothered 
or they've been afraid to have those have those talks. And I think, you know, I, I don't like to too, too many things are getting political, but I think part of the reason that is happening is because people are not doing this. Right. I think that when people don't do this, they create these sort of boogeymen in their head. Mm-hmm. Right. They get this. There are people living in America right now who believe that half of Americans are like essentially evil. <laughs> right. Like there, there, are pe- there are people who genuinely believe that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they've been so for, for years now, they've only been associating with people who are like them, who think like mm-hmm. them, who hold all these same perspectives, et cetera, that it becomes very de- easy to, to straw man and demonize the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So that can happen. It can it can happen in any direction. And that's not good long term, right? Unless you're hoping to have a secession or something. It's like, hey, you're you're all in the same country, you're all there. You you've all you've got to work out a way to get on with each other. That's the thing that makes me quite nervous about some of the stuff that's going on because I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we've got to you got to be able to unite on something, right? <laughs> you you need to have some common ground, and it seems like that common ground is getting you know not 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 amongst everybody but there's certainly a rising trend of that middle ground sort of disappearing as people just sort of fragment off and fracture off and i can't talk to you if you're there and i can't talk to you if you're there and that is some of what i'm actually trying to do that you were asking about why i talk about certain things or why Mm -hmm. i try to start certain conversations and discussions some of it is because of that it's to allow people to I mean, sometimes I, I just start a conversation online and then I, I drop out. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. even, like, I, I'm not, I'm not even participating anymore. But <laughs> people like can, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a, it's like a forum, you know. So people can have that conversation and mm-hmm. hopefully they can work things out and flex their ideas, etc. Um, and I, I might chime in here and there, but I think that's, um, I think that's important. And despite the fact we're so interconnected, it seems like there aren't a lot of channels to do that or it's not it's not really encouraged either even on a social level um probably one of the biggest criticisms that i get especially as like i sort of rise as a a public figure or whatever is some people think that you know people always want to police who i can talk to Mm -hmm. right and again that that puts me like that makes me wary right some people are oh like i don't know zuby you shouldn't like be careful of, you know, don't talk to that person or I don't think you should, don't think you should speak. And I'm like, that's again, you know, that's falling back into that same thing or mm-hmm. don't talk to that person because they talk to another, per- you know, like people are contaminated, right? Right, <laughs> right. How <laughs> right? dare they if have I, a differing opinion? Exactly. If I talk to Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan talked to that guy and that guy, talk, you know, I talked, I talked to Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan talked to Alex Jones and this person doesn't like Alex Jones. So that connection now means that you cannot talk to me. It's tainted, and there are people right? Who are, yeah, there are people going around trying to sort of police people like that. And I'm just like, this is not healthy. It's also not healthy to isolate people and to mm-hmm. make people pariahs. You know, if you do believe that someone has, I don't know, you know, views that you think are genuinely beyond the pale, it's not easy, but that's probably, you probably should talk to that person, mm-hmm. right? Walk them back over the ledge. Like if you re- If you genuinely think, okay, this person is, getting like kind of radical and extreme or whatever, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can probably do is to cut them off totally. Because where do you think they're going to go? <laughs> right. Who is going to embrace them? That's going to be the people who are like really excited. Okay, no, come with us. I will talk to you. And um, I think on a wider scale level, I think that's something people need to be more cognizant of and aware of, especially as we talk about, um, there's a lot of talk right now about things like social media censorship mm-hmm. and deplatforming and cancel culture and all of this. And I'm like, people need to be, again, people need to think of the long-term potential repercussions of this, right? If you just cancel someone and you ban them from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and PayPal and you cut off their bank account, do you think that's going to make the person more reasonable? You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to make that there. If they were already on the edge, that's going to make them you know, perhaps rightfully so, you know, Mm -hmm. even worse, especially if you take away their means to earn a living or to just get on with normal life and to engage with human beings. That's not, um, you know, that's not good. And I think that a lot of these sort of short term expedient decisions are, are, are being made more and more frequently, it seems. And people aren't 
and people aren't talking about the other half. Um, you know, they're not talking about, okay, how do you, how do you integrate people back in? Right. It's why I don't like the idea of, you know, I know, I know people who have been banned for life from certain social media platforms. I know people who have been banned from Twitter forever. Okay. Wow. You've got people on Twitter. You've got people on Twitter who have committed heinous crimes. You probably have murderers and rapists on Twitter, literally. Okay. And they can be on Twitter and that's fine. Maybe they've, they've served their time even. Right. And so, but the person who said the wrong thing or, you know, used, used a word that you weren't so, like, they can never come back, you know, like never, mm -hmm. even in, I don't know if Twitter will be around in 10 years, but in 10 years, 20 years, they still can't come back. Like, that's not a, that's not fair. Like, that's not, that's not a good look, right? As society needs to, we need to remember how to forgive, you know, individually and collectively people, people make mistakes. And the idea that mm -hmm. if someone makes a mistake that, you know, okay, that's it. You're canceled. It's over, right? We're not just, we're not just going to not associate with you. We're also going to take away your source of income. We're going to prevent you from feeding your family. We're going to make sure you don't work again. And that's vicious, man. It's vicious, like, and, and it's it's disturbing. You know, it's like that's not. There are plenty of people who I don't particularly, uh, you know, like or <laughs> I don't agree with or whatever. But the idea that it's like, okay, I don't agree with you, so I want to cause you as much pain and suffering. Like at, at that stage, who's the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like someone makes a mistake, and people are like find out where they work and cancel them, and you know, find out who runs their find out who sponsors their podcast and call up all of the sponsors and get them to cut off their phone. And I'm just like, man, like by the time you're doing that, you're, you're not the good guy. <laughs> you, you are no longer the good guy when you're doing that. Now, are you comfortable talking about your experience earlier this year? Is that something you're comfortable talking about what happened on Twitter? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so my understanding earlier this year was you made a very innocent comment and someone <laughs> took that and kind of ran with it. And you've actually capitalized on that experience, <laughs> which I think is wonderful. I'm like, it's a great way to turn something negative into something that, that was, you know, innately kind of positive. Yeah. Um, but I'd love for you to kind of touch on that. On the, okay. <laughs> the story's going to, it sounds bizarre every time I say it. Cause it was. so <laughs> it's better I, coming from you than, than yeah. paraphrased from me. <laughs> okay. So I had, um, this is in February. So I'd written like a, a short five point list. Uh, called something like uh, advice for single women how to how to land a great guy mm -hmm. and I think it was something like uh, be in shape uh, grow your hair long don't be annoying um, be sweet and learn to cook <laughs> yeah, okay right. <laughs> which which in my mind isn't I, I think the reason it went was controversial is because everyone knows it's right um, <laughs> but anyway it <laughs> it went viral and so whenever something goes viral, you know, you, you get people who don't even follow you or know anything about you re replying and responding. And, you know, it's, it's, it's this fun game that we play. And anyway, someone responded. Um, it was a verified account, not someone I haven't had any interaction with or whatever. And uh, they responded something like, uh, this is terrible advice. I'm 90, I'm 95% sure I sleep with more women than you do or something. And I just quote tweeted it and I just said, okay, dude, dot, dot, dot. And I didn't think much of it, um, you know, normal business for another week. I was in, um, I was at an, at an event in London, funnily enough, it was the launch of the free speech union and I was on my way back from London and I got an email from Twitter saying that your account has, your account has been locked. And I was like, huh? Like, I, I saw the, I saw the <laughs> message, you know, you know, before you open a message and you, you see it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's highlighted. And I was like, okay, I thought maybe it was like some kind of spam or phishing thing or whatever mm -hmm. and then i go in there and it says um your account at zuby music has been has been locked for violating twitter's hateful conduct policy had a little bit of a list saying you may not discriminate against people based on their race gender sexuality religion etc like all of this stuff i was like pretty sure i don't do that i've been on twitter 11 <laughs> years like i didn't suddenly start spewing hate speech um and then it had a, it said, this is the, you know, like, this is the tweet that we determined mm -hmm. violated our policy. And it just said, okay, dude. And I, I, I didn't even know the context because this is a week ago now. Right. And I was like, wait, what? And then I tried to go on, on the app and um, my account's locked. Like I, I can't, I can't log in. And 
I'm like massively confused at this point. Like, sure. wait, what, <laughs> what is even going on? <laughs> and then I happened? had, yeah, and I had two options. It said, um, you may delete the offending tweet and your account will be reinstated in 48 hours. Or if you think we've made a mistake, you can make an appeal. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to admit to something I haven't, I'm not going to confess to a crime I haven't committed. Right. So let me make an appeal. Maybe they've just made, maybe some, maybe there's been a mistake or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I got another email from them saying, uh, we've done a manual review. So this means an actual human being went That's and real. checked it and they determined that it definitely violated their hateful conduct policy. And I must delete the tweet, um, to get my account back. And so, <laughs> so I, I mean, of course I, I, I screenshotted and shared some of this, uh, on my, on my Facebook and on my Instagram mm -hmm. and I had loads of people reaching out like, wait, what's, I just had people messaging me like, dude, what is, what's going on? Like, what's all this about, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, I had no choice, but I, I had to delete the tweet. But um, in the meantime, I made myself a t-shirt that just said, okay, dude on it. Um, mm -hmm. I've got a t-shirt printer that's quite close to me. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself a t-shirt to sort of commemorate this because I knew I'd get my account back. And I also had an event in London coming up that was sold out. So I wanted to wear the t-shirt mm -hmm. to the event. Um and then, yeah, I got my account reinstated. Um, firstly, I want to say thank you to like the amount of people who were supporting me um, yes. for to to get my account back was actually quite amazing because um, I think everyone, anyone who's remotely reasonable would could be like, OK, like that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that, that's not cool. Um, so that happened. Um, hashtag okay, dude was trending. Hashtag free Zuby was trending. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I came back and, um, I released the okay, dude t-shirts. I sold like 200 of them in one weekend. Which was, <laughs> it's my, my fastest selling merchandise item. Um, I've actually had to, had to re up on them and do another batch. And then, um, my, my latest, my first single of 2020, I made a song called okay, dude, I uh, did a music video for it. <laughs> the music videos out now it's available on Spotify, Apple music, iTunes, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I'm a, as we said, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, if, if life gives me lemons, then I will, I will make a lemon, I will make not just lemonade. I'll make like a lemonade franchise. Oh, and um, so, okay, dude. Yeah. Okay. Dude is now sort of a, it's, 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 it's also kind of just become a bit of a meme. Like I see people mm -hmm. using it more now <laughs> just as a sort of dismissive. Okay. Yeah. Cool story, bro. Kind of thing. So right. there we go. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that something good came out of <laughs> something that was so frustrating, but tell me what you're doing now. What's new. I know you've got a book um, that's coming out. Mm, yeah, so I've got my well, I've got my book, which is already out. Strong advice: Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody. So I'm still um, promoting that and pushing it out there. It's um, started just as an ebook. I also did the audio book now, and I occasionally do paperback runs as well. So I've got that. I've got my podcast, Real Talk with Zuby, which um, you've, you've you featured on, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm about to hit the hundredth episode, so I'm still going going ahead with that. And thank you, trying to keep making it better and grow the audience, etc. I will have some more music in the pipeline. I've got a lot of producers sending me different beats, and um, I'm going to come up with some new song ideas. I am going to start writing a proposal for another book because I've got some literary agents and publishers who are interested in working with me on something. So I need to sit and have a think about that and work that out. Um, I am, is a secret. I am, I am, I'm not, I haven't started the ball rolling just yet, but I'm going to be looking into getting a U.S. visa so Ooh. that I can uh, go out there and spend more time and do some, do some work there and actually get paid for it legally. Love um, it. What else is going on? Yeah, I think that's quite a few. But yeah, that's what uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's also very exciting, and I'll make sure that there are all the links. I do have to let you know that multiple people asked if you wanted to run for the mayor of London. I don't. I don't even want to live in London. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, I probably know the answer to that question before yeah, I even I ask like, it. But I think I could do a better job than the current mayor. Um, I, I genuinely think I could. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to discount. So many people want me to get into politics in general. Yes. Well, because you're refreshing. Um, you speak your mind. I think people uh, yeah. have just forgotten. Yeah, I don't know. Mind. It's not something I discount forever. But, you know, I'm, I'm still a young man. Maybe mm -hmm. one day, you know, the, the current people who are like 
president and running for president are literally like more than 40 years older than me. So mm-hmm. I've still got some time. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, can, I, I can do I can do some other things. And maybe when I'm, I'm a bit older and more accomplished, I might step foot in the arena, but we'll see. Well, thank you so much for carving time out of your very busy schedule. And I know that, you know, our discussion today will certainly be great, um, a great segue for a lot of my listeners to get connected with you. And for so many people on Twitter that were so excited that we were connecting today, it'll be a nice way for them to listen in on our conversation. Awesome. I appreciate it, Cynthia. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.